Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Wrestling may be predetermined joy, but there are rules. If you ignore these, you could find yourself on a wrestler's bad side. And let's face it, even with all the smoke and mirrors in place, if somebody wants to teach you a physical lesson in the ring, they can. They're just going to bop you in the head before they go back to work. This happens all the time, too, before you call me crazy. For I am Simon for What Culture. Please do subscribe to the channel. And this is 10 times WWE wrestlers went into business for themselves. Number 10, Hardcore Holly and Rene Dupree. Hardcore Holly is a tough guy. He can also be a massive bully. But as we always say, when he is brought up, go and check out his book. Not only do you get a look at all of this, but also some tremendous quips from Bob throughout the years. That man wasn't scared of dying. This doesn't excuse him taking liberties, though. And one of these did happen in 2004. Going down at a house show in New York, Rene Dupree was wrecked by Holly, including a horrible chair shot to the head that should be banned from the industry forever. It freaked out Dupree so much he ran to the back and yeah you would he probably thought hardcore was gonna kill him the reason for all of this came down to a ticket or the fact that renee had borrowed holly's rental car got caught speeding forgot to tell bob and then said it wasn't me given that he wasn't shaggy hardcore didn't believe him so this was his punishment i suppose it kind of feels like you could just talk about this backstage although there were reports holly was fined ten thousand dollars for this as he should have been it is not cool and I'm Bruce Hart tries to steal the moment. The 1993 Survivor Series was all about starting the feud between Bret and Owen Hart. You damn right. It would go on to be pretty damn brilliant, although there was another Hart who felt like they should have been front and center, and his name was Bruce. While he was involved in the show, given that Keith Hart was there too as they took on Shawn Michaels and his knights in a classic Survivor Series matchup, it's not like they did much of anything. In fact, they kind of just hung out in the background. The focus was more on Owen than anybody else as he got eliminated and put the blame on Bret Hart's shoulders, and as soon as they started squabbling, Bruce leapt in the middle and tried to shine the spotlight on himself, and no, he wasn't meant to do this. The rumors were that Bruce was just mad the whole evening as he felt like instead of Brett versus Owen, it should be Brett versus Bruce. And to that I say, no. I suppose he thought if he did this, fans may agree with him, but you'll be shocked to hear they didn't. And it was stunts like this that stopped Bruce from ever having a proper run with the company. Number eight, the Honky Tonk Man won't give up the IC title. In 2021, where we are now, the Honky Tonk Man still holds the record for the longest intercontinental title reign ever. And I genuinely don't think it'll ever be beaten. He had it for a huge 454 days by the time the Ultimate Warrior defeated him at the 1988 SummerSlam. And if you need that in more succinct time, that is one year, two months and 27 days 
Roman would be proud. If we jump back to the 3rd of October 1987, Saturday night's main event though, this should have ended sooner. Honky was told he was going to drop the belt to Randy Savage and after think about it, Tonk said, I don't want to do it. Okay then. As he himself has said over the years, he was working on a handshake deal with the then WWF, so thought the longer he held on to the title, the more likely he would have a job. Why he also didn't think that raging against the machine may also get him fired, I don't know, but hey, he'd choose his path which was thinking that dressing up as Elvis may actually help him win matches. It didn't affect the macho man mind because five months after this, he got the world title at WrestleMania 4. Bet Honk loved that. Number seven, China cares not for the women's division. Let us not get this one wrong. China was a trailblazer whose influence is still felt today. There is a good chance no one is ever going to be able to do what she did because she was the first woman to compete in a Royal Rumble. She won the Intercontinental title and entered the flipping King of the Ring. It was quite the sight. Given how popular she was in the late 2000s, WWE saw this as a great way to try and improve their women's division. And to be blunt, China wanted none of this. She solely wanted to fight men and continue this legacy, but given she didn't have a say in her storyline, she was told no. A match with Ivory for the Women's Championship was set up at WrestleMania 17, and man, did that go bad. It was more than clear that China wasn't into this, so instead of having a somewhat competitive match, the ninth wonder of the world ignored all of Ivory's offense, hit her with a power bomb, pretended she was gonna win, but pulled her up for two before hitting a press slam and using the weakest cover you have ever seen to win the gold. She then barely celebrated. All this did was make the entire division look rubbish, and that continued when she ran through the roster, usually winning in less than two minutes. Eventually, she dropped the belt and then left the company. This wasn't very useful. Jim Ross has gone into detail about this on his podcast, and it just sounds like China wanted more than WWE was willing to give, but man, they were nowhere near ready to even meet in the middle. Number six, everything with Regal and Goldberg. Who even knows what happened here? But after Bill Goldberg had smashed his way through falls in 1997, February 1998 rolled around and he was fighting Steven Regal on Nitro. Now, who you choose to believe changes this story immensely. Because on Regal's side, he swears that management told him to go out there and get a longer match out of Bill so he could start expanding his repertoire, whereas Goldberg swears the opposite. Steamroll this moron and be back in a few minutes. Given they were both trying to walk different paths, though, this end result is a disaster. Steve is trying to put Goldberg in holds. Goldberg is just trying to power around the place like an out-of-control bull, and it looks bad. Wrestling doesn't work when both guys aren't working together, and sheesh, was that the case here. It is important to note that Regal was released from WCW soon after this, but this one will always be a question mark. If you do enjoy the feeling of your stomach wanting to eat itself, go and watch it though. The cringe factor is through the roof. Number five, Shawn Michaels laughs off the SummerSlam 2005 main event. SummerSlam 2005 was headlined by Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan. This felt big. It was two legends from different eras going at it, and although most knew Hogan was past his best at the time, fans were excited. How could you not be? HBK had turned pseudo heel, so we had a good guy versus a bad guy, and Michaels had shown time and time again he could get the best out of anybody. Sadly, at least for him, Sean wasn't ready for Hulk's politicking ways, and when it became obvious the Hulkster was going to win and there would be no rematch, well, he got a bit pissed off. The end result? Michaels was going to sell like some crazy fish come the night of the showdown, and this is exactly what he did. As such, every single move Sean took was sold like he was shot with a bullet, and it's why we're still talking about it now. You can't deny that this is a joy to watch because it's so over the top, and you can tell Hulk has no idea what to do. The crafty heartbreak kid had returned. And sure, you could say this was unprofessional, and it absolutely was, but Hulk had also treated the situation that way by cancelling a potential trilogy... This was always going to happen. Number four, Triple H doesn't like Curtis Axel. I still don't get this one and hope one day we get a story that makes us go, oh, okay, that is fine. 
Because at the moment, it's not fine. It begins oddly as Curtis Axe's real name is Joe Hennig and he is the son of one Mr. Perfect. So why we didn't just tap into that, I don't know. Kurt Hennig was one of the best ever. Seems to be a good idea to me. Instead, he was this new guy, but it did seem like we had a plan for him. On the 20th of May, 2013 Raw, he was revealed as being aligned with Paul Heyman. And that also set him up on a path to class with Triple H. That'll do it, or so we assumed. Instead, the working plan was for the game to tell Curtis to shut up and have their first match end with no winner when Hunter suffered from a storyline concussion. Then when we got to round two, Curtis won after some stupid DQ. Then the whole thing was restarted before Axel won again via forfeit. Excuse my language, but it was shit. All this did was confuse everybody and steal away any steam Axel may have had, and we all know about first impressions. He would go on to win the IC title, but it was way too late. Well, you dropped him right in it. Number three, Hulk Hogan loses his way. Do you remember at WrestleMania 6 when the Ultimate Warrior won the WWE title and Hulk Hogan presented him with the belt? Well, that wasn't meant to happen. Yep. While even the Hulkster had realized that he had no choice but to lose at the show of shows, he wasn't going to go down without a fight. He was the man, damn it, and every single fan had to remember it. So not only did he kick out of Warrior Splash at 3.1, but as soon as the Ultimate Warrior was celebrating his big win, Hogan got the title and made sure it was he who handed it over, so that as he left, everybody was looking at him. This whole plan went through his mind too think of that. In short, Hulk just didn't want to give it the spotlight, although we shouldn't have been overly surprised, because he did the exact same thing with the Macho Man at WrestleMania 4. Number 2, Charlotte Flair drops the belt. Oh boy, this was bad. It sucked anyway, because WWE went back to the old switcheroo in order to give Raw-bound Becky Lynch the red belt and SmackDown-bound Charlotte Flair the blue belt, because who could imagine a world where the colors don't match? So it was always going to be difficult, but as it would emerge, the Queen was worried this whole affair could make her look like less of a star, so yes, seemingly went into business for herself. This sparked off a horrible SmackDown segment where Charlotte just dropped the title on the floor when she was simply meant to pass it to Lynch, and you could see the anger on both Becky's and Sonya Deville's faces. This was not part of the plan, and this was not cool. It apparently spilled over backstage as Lynch and Flair got into it, and this all tied into the bigger picture of many feeling this wasn't the first time Charlotte had put her own feelings first. That match with Nia Jax on Raw a few months earlier, for example. It caused a proper meltdown online, as these things always do, and it just seems so weird. There was no need for any of this. Sometimes egos get the better of us. Number one, JBL punches the blue meanie for real. Well, this was disgusting, wasn't it? I think we all kind of knew that WWE's relaunch of ECW was going to be a bit crappy in the long term. That didn't stop there being a bit of excitement in the air. It was like an old friend returning home. The absolute highlight has to be the first one-night stand pay-per-view in 2005 that finished with a huge brawl between the ECW originals and a group of WWE dudes. And yes, that included JBL. Seemingly forgetting what wrestling is and likely based on some nonsense justification, Brad Shaw decided halfway through this melee that he would walk over to the Blue Meanie and whack him right in the face for real. This made even less sense as the Meanie is renowned as a lovely dude, so John just felt like punching an extreme wrestler because he didn't like the bread. It is utterly cowardly and a complete breakdown of what the industry is built upon, and if it ever happens again, it'll be too soon. If you can't trust your opponent to take care of you, what hope does any of us have? Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.